And he yep. lies. We are back off of another hiatus. This is Hoops is a Religion, the podcast. Your boy KJ from around the way. Here in the place to be with Mr. B. What's going on, my guy? Ah, blessed be, blessed be. Hoops is a Religion is back. Once again. We are really good at this hiatus thing. Like, well, maybe me. I I call myself the professional hiatus guy because um, life happens. Sometimes you got to put a pause on things, and especially in these COVID times. Yeah, like it's it's just been a lot, man. I don't even know where to start. I think I should probably just start with hope, wishing everybody well, hope, hope, hoping everybody's doing good, doing their best to stay protected. Um, social distancing, masks on, you know, sanitizing, all that stuff because this joint is not a game. Um, we lost a lot of people this year. 2020 has just been 2020 has just been wild beyond awful. anybody else's imagination. So many different words and adjectives we can use. Awful being one of them. Um, I just wish that we were able to do like a few more episodes before we went into quarantine the first time. But um, you know, things were things were kind. Circumstances were like far beyond like our wildest imaginations, even in the early offset. So it was kind of like, yo, why are we gonna even record a podcast when there's just like so much other stuff going on? Um, but um, we're here. We back. We said, yo, you know, the, the show. We're going to find a way to, for the show to go on. And we pretty much been pollying with each other throughout the whole pandemic, man. How you holding up? <laughs> yeah, give me a couple more months for me to fully give you an answer for that one. After this year, I don't, I'm surprised. I'm still actually have a smile on my face. But God is good all the time. So we can't complain. We can't complain at all. I'm just happy to be here. Facts. And I don't think any any one of us are going to have an answer to 2020. Like, I think 2020 is going to be one of those years where you're going to hindsight it so much. And from that hindsight, you'll probably be like, OK, that's what it was. Because sometimes in the moment, you're not able to really process what's going on because you're really more so on the day to day. Like my routine has changed radically and dramatically. I work from home. I've been working from home for the latter part of the year. Um, I've been going to school remotely. Everything has pretty much been remote. You know, you go outside. You know, I, I'm outside for more than a half an hour. I come back in the crib, completely sanitize myself, take a bath, my outside clothes, go in a separate bag. I was doing most of those stuff before, but now it's like it's to the next level because you just want to make sure you're doing what you can. Um, on the basketball side of things, um, a lot of things was paused. The season was paused for a while before, um, you know, the NBA situated the bubble. We're going to probably get into that in a few. Um, AAU took a hit. March Madness didn't go on. Um, summer Bowl looked really different in New York. There was a lot of scrimmage wars going on. Um, but everybody's life was affected by this. Um, but we're here. And we're just glad to be able to... Um, to be able to come back to do this because uh, I think a lot of people not saying that, Oh, they needed the distraction. Um, I think in times like this, we need to find, we need to find ways to come together and, you know, give ourselves a little bit of, a little bit of reprieve from all of the things that's going on. So um, 
we back with Hoosters Religion. And um, we just want to continue to bring forth the enlightened hoops conversations that that we love and that a lot of people are always on the lookout for. And there's a lot to talk about. So I don't even know where to start. Like, should we just start from like the from the last episode? Because I know the last episode we were pretty much heading into the All Star break. No, no, no. We were we we pa- we were past the All Star break, I believe. Were we? Yeah. Yeah, and we really yeah. went through the All Star game. It took place in Chicago. It was a really great game. Who won the MVP of the All Star game again? Oh, come on, Kenny. You forgot who won the MVP. It was, it was Kawhi, right? Man. It was that man, Kawhi Leonard. Come on, now. Okay, okay. I'm just making it was sure. Actually, they, they renamed it. I think they renamed it to the um, Kobe Bryant Award. Yeah, and that, and you know, so funny, like, we didn't even get a chance to really talk about. You know Kobe's um transitioning too, um that was like yo when this funny because when like I knew twenty twenty was gonna be different when that happened because it was like yo Kobe, and even now like six like eight months later, and this still doesn't feel real like he's actually not here like you know, um I think that was a cool gesture by the NBA but I felt like um Kobe I think won how many All Star MVPs he won like three. About so, three, I believe so. No, they could have, they could have named. I mean, I, I'm not really. That was a cool way to honor him, but I was like, you know, it does kind of feel like, wow. They named it after him. They could have probably named it after somebody else. Somebody else, like who? I'm not sure. Um, he could have probably named it after the first All Star MVP for all I care. But all in all, it was a really great All Star game. It took place in Chicago. It was really competitive, really exciting. I was in New Orleans at the time. And I was heading out with some of my fellow, shout out to YP4 class of 2019 fellows, we in the building. Um, so I'm watching the game and I'm waiting for one of the homies to come down and um, her and her and another one of the homies, them two, um, he was getting ready and she was basically getting ready to come downstairs. So I'm like, yo, where y'all at? Like, he was like, yo, I'm sorry, we taking those. I was like, look, no rush. I'm watching an all-star game. Take your time. <laughs> so it, was, it was a really good it was a really exciting all-star game there was a couple of people in the hotel that was just like watching it alongside we would be all just sitting there watching it and it was it was, it was a really exciting all-star game um the one and one time you never want nobody to rush it's just like nah, take your time basketball nah, take your take time, time. Don't rush. and <laughs> now, time. now that i think about it we was i was in new orleans before the pandemic really really hit a dougie and then you know I, I kind of spent the rest of 2020 kind of kind of euro stepping it, but um, it was it was um the vibe down there was amazing because when I got down there I got down there the the week the Thursday before All Star weekend, and I think that day the Pelicans were playing, and yo there was an electricity in the town. Um, with Zion just making his season debut and Mardi Gras LSU just won the chip. And I was like, yo, this is this is popping. Like, uh, like I was in um oh, I forgot the name of the spot I was at. Um, but it was on Bourbon Street. I was eating some alligator, watching Zion. And I really feel like when in a couple of years the Pelicans are gonna really be they're gonna really be in the mix. And they're gonna be a really competitive, fun team to watch. Um, because of Zion. And the way the city was kind of embracing him at the time. 
I mean, when I was dead, I was like, yo, this is, I'm like, this has the makings of a beautiful relationship. I think New Orleans is such an amazing city. It's a beautiful city. I think they're a really great sports town. Um, so you give, you, I feel like if you give New Orleans a really good competitive basketball team to cheer for, like, you're going to really see the best of that fan base. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to um, as we move move along. Um, what about you? Like, what's... From from the last time we were we, we were on air, we didn't even get to the bubble. So you want to kick that off? You want to of kick course, off the bubble? Of course, of course, of course. Like your thoughts on the bubble? Of course. The bubble was very innovative. I mean, I have to give every player who went their credit. I mean, I know during those times, it would be hard to sit there and want to leave your family for most of the time to compete for a championship. But... We have to give a shout out to all the players that participated. I mean, I'm not a believer in participation trophies, but however, in this case, they not only did they do it to sit there and compete for a championship, at the same time, basketball is really what they know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think at that time, this was more of a, I want to say like a healing process for the world, especially what went on earlier losing Kobe, David Stern. So I'm happy that we got the bubble. It was very well put together, at least in my opinion, it was. So I'm I'm actually happy that we was able to actually get a basketball season through 2020. I had mixed feelings. I really did. Um, at first, I was like, with all the stuff going on, if they want to cancel the season, if this is a circumstance where they like cancel the rest of the season, understood. And then um, in the bubble with the protests, with the protests, with the racial injustice protests that was going on at the head, I was also like, yo, if y'all want to walk out on this bubble and not play the rest of the season because y'all feeling like, yo, I'm in the bubble while all this stuff is going on, I wouldn't have blamed them. I would have felt like that would have been a bigger stance than winning the championship. Like, not for nothing. If LeBron was like, yo, you know what? I ain't even playing. I don't want to play the rest of the season. You know, walk out. That would have been a lot more bigger than him winning that fourth championship. In my right. honest, um, and I mean, with everything going on, I, I even as much as I love basketball, I still kind of felt like, yo, this, this is like, you know, it, I, I felt conflicted about it. But nevertheless, I watched and I enjoyed it. Like, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the love, the comp, the quality of play was solid. Um, kudos to them because they put a lot. They put put a lot on the line, put their hells on the line to, you know, play a game that they love. And I understand that because that's kind of what Hoops' religion is about. Like, you know, when you love ball that much, I can only imagine the difficult decision that they had to make when it came to playing in a bubble. And I commend them because as much as I love basketball, I wouldn't even know what to do in a situation like that. And they did all of that and they still put on a great show. Um, Damian Lillard, Bubble MVP. But of course. Luca got a chance to show the whole world what he looked like. Um, the Suns showed out. Um, they showed that they're a team that should be taken seriously now that they got Chris Paul. I, I do see them in the West competing for a playoff spot because um the Chris Paul fact is huge. Um TJ Warren went off. Um until you met Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Until he met Jimmy Butler. And then the Heat, I feel like were like were were a great story in that bubble. And um 
I feel like Heat culture was on full display for the world to see. And look, they they rivals of the Knicks. So you already know ain't a lot of love lost, but I always feel like the respect is always there for for what they for what they've um accomplished and for the culture that they have created over the last fifteen and twenty years. It's not I mean, you gotta give the I mean, I don't think anybody is surprised Miami got there in the finals. Mm-mm. Because they're not, they aren't bad. They're like they have a great coach in Eric Spoelstra. If if you me if you ask me, it kind of validated Eric Spoelstra more as a top head coach in a league, you know, because because of the talent in the team that he had prior with LeBron, Bosh, Wade, and the team he has now, he still got that team to the finals and had them playing hard against a team that really most people would sit there and say they had no chance of beating. But they still sat there, pushed them to that limit. It says a lot about the Miami Heat and them going forward, especially them re-signing Goran Dragic. And I believe they've given Bam Adebayo the max. So the Heat have a pretty bright future going forward. At least, you know, in terms of having Bam going on, Jimmy Butler, I don't see him leaving anytime soon. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Heat does in a few years. Yeah. I think, and you know, um, Max, what's the Max? The Max deal, yes, the Max deal, that's what I'm talking about. Like, out of bio getting a Max, a couple of years ago, that would have been debatable. But when you see him, mm-hmm. When you, see, when you see what he did and the value that he added for Miami, and not only that, not only what he did in the bubble, but his growth from last season to this season. Huge change. Yeah, huge, huge, huge change. Like It was like you can see the growth in his game. And not for nothing, I think the Knicks had a chance to draft him. I believe the Knicks had a chance to draft him maybe in... The first round, who did they end up taking? Nitty? Yeah. They didn't take Frank Nitty, right? Mm-hmm. No, we'll probably get into the Knicks on our tri-state report. Because a certain somebody wanted to play the triangle. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that was the, yeah. I believe, the 17 draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the 17 draft for Autobio. Autobio got a, um, Autobio went in the first round. Yeah, he went 14. So the Knicks could have, yeah, um, the Knicks took, that's the year the Knicks took Nitty eighth. Um, Donovan went 13. Adebayo went 14. Um, Collins went 19. Harry Giles from Sacramento went 20. Jared Allen went 22nd. OG Ananobi went 23rd. Kuzma, 27. There was some value. There's, you know, this draft was a pretty decent draft like Thomas Bryant dropped all the way to 42nd and he went to Washington he's been showing he's been he, he's been coming on he might end up having a big year as the man in the middle in Washington um but out of bio is a beast and you know I've even been hearing like like notions from from heat Twitter that they think they're in play to get Giannis I think they are too but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens um, that's one of the, that's actually one of the stuff I, one of the things I got on my, uh, on a discussion board, Giannis's um, pending free agency, but we're going to kind of get to that after we finish discussing this bubble. 
Um, did do you do you feel like anybody underperformed in the bubble, or you had expectations of somebody in the bubble and they didn't show up? I mean, it's hard to put expectations on on anybody right now in this point in time, especially in these COVID times with the circumstances of the season. But was there anybody that left you in the left after you saw them in a the bubble? Left you underwhelmed? Oh, that's easy. Pandemic P. Pandemic P. And oh, we oh we 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 know we know where this is about to go, but it's just mind boggling to me how some players are like you know you got regular season players who show out and then when playoff time comes around, it's just like okay. Like, you know, it's like a switch. Like, you know, we're on during the regular season. By the time players come, it's like, all right, uh, I'm out of here. But he definitely did to me underperform, you know, not throughout the whole bubble, just during that time of, you know, when they needed him the most. See, when you're sitting there, you know when you're going to make the playoffs, you can sit there and be like, okay, I can sit there. I always say you want to take a game off or, you know, you could go through your struggles, but you have time to, you know, figure things out. Right. Yeah. And when you needed the most, when you're the second number two guy on that team, especially when you came back from injury during the season hot, you know, you would think like, all right, you know, a team that we should beat, you have no problems. But then you just disappear. You underperform. You struggle. I mean, you everybody's gonna have their struggles playing sports. I'm not gonna knock them for that. However, when the time is right and you know that you have a lot on the line and that pressure comes, you have to show up. I don't even think they would have beaten the Dallas Mavericks, honestly, if Kristaps didn't get injured because they were struggling with them. Yeah. Like, they had their hands full with Dallas. Like, not for nothing. I already knew it was going to be They were struggling with the Mavericks. I knew Dallas was going to be a tough matchup for um, the Clippers because of Luka. Like, like you're not gonna put Paul George is a great defender. Paul and Kawhi are great defenders. So, are you gonna like one of them? Like, in my my opinion, if I got two great defenders like that, it's like yo, you gotta alternate like one or another. But Luca, Luca still managed to go off against two of the best defenders in the league. Yep. I, playing him one on one or either being one um one pass away via help. Um, so he either had one of them on help side or guard him directly, and he still managed to do what he did. So when I saw that, I'm like, yo, if Luca, Luca's not your typical 20 year old. And I think we had this conversation during the bubble. Luca's the most polished 20 year old to come in the league since LeBron. I'm gonna just say it. And honestly, he's. he's He's and more sorry, than LeBron, fundamentally speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He came in the NBA like league ready. Most of the most of the um I don't want to call them foreigners, but most of these players that come out of overseas, they normally come in like literally NBA ready. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Um and I think it's mostly based on how they're how they're coached. It's mostly based on how they're coached overseas. Um, I talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time. The development of overseas players. Like, you're a big guy in America. You're getting put in the paint. Like, yo, you're, you're the biggest guy. 
They're going to put you back towards the basket, tell you how to catch and post up, right? You know, you're a big guy in overseas, and you look at like a guy like a Laurie Marketing, you're doing dribbling drills. Laurie, Laurie Marketing could put the ball on the floor. Yeah. The international players do a better job, one through five, putting the ball on the floor than American players, one through five. I think American players are just now starting to catch up, but honestly, the main reason why I feel like American players are now starting to catch up primarily because the coaching the coaching is slowly starting to progress towards um, the modern ball when um, international-wise, it's still kind of like the default. Um, you can still see like a 6'11 guy handle a ball and shoot that, shoot that rock. Now you got guys that are like 6'11, can shoot the three, can guard, pick and roll, you know, that are coming in at a, you know, that are coming in and it's, it's, it's a regular thing. Like the big man, their roles is already expanded. Where Luca comes in on that is Luca's been playing professionally since he's been 15 years old. And the man probably can't jump over two pieces of paper, but he is fundamentally sound. He has great footwork. He plays a great ground game. He doesn't really turn the ball over a lot, and he's literally a walking triple-double as well as a walking bucket. So I already knew with that when he hit that shot, that in overtime, I'm like, yo, the world, I'm like, I'm glad the world knows. And then a couple of cats was on um, in, on Twitter, and somebody did a mixtape of all of the comments, um, all of the um, commentators and pundits saying that Luca is going to, like, they was like, Luca ain't going to be good. He ain't going to be that good. Or he's overhyped or he's overrated. They proved, he proved them wrong. <laughs> I'm like, yo, y'all not, y'all, I'm like, are y'all not watching Draft Express? Are y'all not listening to Fran Fraschilla? Like, I was, I, I, I saw that for myself. And even my thing is, wait, hold on, y'all didn't see the, um, y'all didn't see the FIBA, the FIBA games in what 2018? And at that time, Luca was, I think, 17 years old. Luca was 17 years old at that time. 17 years old. He was either 17 or 16. Now, just now, think about fact, that for a moment. He was 16, I believe. Think Now, think about that for a moment. Literally, at that point, you're still a teenager. And you're playing on a worldwide stage like that, like such as FIBA. I guess grown men who's been doing this just as long and not longer than he has. Mm-hmm. And he's keeping up with them like he's been doing it just as long. Not only is he keeping up with them, he's making an impact. And he's making an impact. So just imagine that now he's like, what, 21, 22, I believe? Mm-hmm. Literally, you could still technically say still a baby. And he's already one of the more prominent, like one of the more prominent players in the league to watch, but someone that you now have to game plan for because he could sit there and score or he could sit there and get his teammates involved. And then you give him, mind you, his teammate is a seven-foot unicorn who can put the ball on the floor also and score whether close or he can sit there and spread the floor. That's, 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 that's a matchup nightmare on pick and rolls. 
that is a pick your poison type of matchup. <clears throat> that really, and that really is. You got a guy who can sit there and score on you at will, or who can sit there and get his teammates involved if need to. And it's not like the Dallas Mavericks don't have pieces around them that you know, and players that cannot score or that cannot defend. And then you add a Christos Porzingis when fully healthy. Yo, and let it be known that Luca right now leads his draft class in win shares. You know who's that? You know who's second? No, nah, who's that? Mitchell Robinson. Nah, my boy Mitch. Are you surprised? Uh, according to Basketball re- Reference, Mitchell Robinson is second in win shares amongst players in his draft class. My boy Mitchell. I'm proud of Mitchell. You just need him to get a post game, and you know. <laughs> He's been working, like on, I, I see, he's been working on his three point shooting. I'm like, okay. Oh, yo, you see, you seen the video, you seen the video of Mitch working out? Yes, yes, I That's have. Cool. That's cool. Like, I'm like, look, my thing is to, to the earlier point. Just because he's a, just because he's seven one, don't mean we're gonna put him on a box. Of Let course. him develop his game the natural way, and then. However, the best way the team that he's playing on can use him in personnel, that's how I want to see him used, you know. And back to Dallas, though, right? No, let's just let's just let's just really move 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 through the West, right? Where do you where, where do you see where do you see Dallas heading into the um heading into the upcoming season? I see Dallas. I definitely see Dallas as. Actually, I do see Dallas as one of those four final four teams, depending on where they finish up. And mm-hmm. depending on Christos Porzingis and his health, because I know he's not going to start the season next year. So it all depends how well Christos can stay healthy. If Christos can remain healthy, and I mean like durable throughout the remainder of the season, the Mavericks could potentially, and I mean potentially, in my opinion, make it to the Western Conference Finals. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the West right now, right? So I can see I can see them making a the playoffs, right? As of right now. In the Western Conference, I got the Lakers. Of course, Lakers. They they won they won the off season. They added they added Marcus Saul, Dennis Schroeder. Um, who else? I'm missing somebody else. I'm missing I'm missing somebody else. Who else did they added? Montrez Harrell. Oh, Montrez. So that's the defending six man of the year, former defending play, um, a contender for the six man of the year in Dennis Schroeder, former defensive player of the year in Marcus Gasol. He's starting. Clearly, I cannot see him coming off the bench for the Lakers. That's gonna make them that much more tough. I feel like Mark Gasol coming to the Lakers gives like that puts them at look. The West is, is LA's until further notice. Because I feel like that solidified them. They're better than the Clippers. I don't even want to hear the debate because the Clippers just lost their the Clippers just lost one of their best players to the Lakers. So once again, the Lakers are 
when you thought that they were behind, like when you thought that the Clippers were gaining ground, then boom, here they come. Outside of the Lake, outside of the Lakers being number one, it's just gonna be. It's gonna it kind of it gives me a, a '80s energy. The Lakers and then everybody else. I, it's hard for me to put the Clippers number two because of what happened to them. Because of what happened to them in the um in in in, in the um conference semis. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of torn between Denver. And my dark horse favorite, Portland. Actually, if you ask me, I think Portland won the draft. You think so? Mm-hmm. Um, Portland, Portland, Portland had Portland re-signed Mello, who we all know who could still bowl at his age. They got Ennis Cantor back within a trade. So they got yep. a big man that comes off the bench. So they got another big man who's durable. Then you then you got Robert Covington, who's a good uh, three and D oh, yes. guy. Oh, yes. yes. So Portland, Portland, if Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, they, they've always, I'm not going to say they always had a bad team. Then you have Zach Collins coming back and Myers Leonard, who's gotten better. So Portland is going to be another team that you also have to watch out for, too. Because if Damian and CJ get hot at the right time, and I mean at the right time, it is not too many guards in the league that can sit there and stop the two of them when they both hot. Portland could also be another that another could be a dark horse team that sits there and makes it into that final five, final four also. Yeah. So I, I think right now I think I'm gonna put the Nuggets at two, right? I'm gonna put the Blazers at three, and I'm gonna put the Clippers at four because I think the Clippers are still a top four team. You got Kawhi and Paul George. You're, you got to be a top four team. In the, in the, uh, you got to be a top four team in the West. I'm, I won't even put the Nuggets at two. Now you know why? Even though they lost Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jamal Murray is too good. No, he's too it's, it's good. Not, he's too clutch. It's not because of that. It's not because of their talent. And it's, it has nothing to do with their talent. Because I know how good they are. They've shown it. To me, when you're a team that got down... See, here's a red flag for me, right? As good as Denver is... As good as Denver and how and how um hard Denver plays, you gotta also remember they was down what three games twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Now, normally, now again, <clears throat> the Jazz ain't no pushover team. The Clippers ain't a pushover team. However, you coming back three one. That's phenomenal. Not taking nothing away from them. But at the same time, you also got to ask yourself, a team that good really should not have been down in that position in the first place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And see, that's my only thing because, like, twice this happens. Not like it happened with the Jazz and, okay, you came back with the Jazz. That could have went either way with them. 
But the Clippers, you down 3-1 the Clippers, that kind of was expected. Because you see what happens when they face the Lakers. The Lakers like, no, 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 no. No. On, on the team against the Lakers, they up on you. They're not going to. They're not. They're not. And, and that's where I think this is why I have faith in the Nuggets, because they're a young enough team to learn from those mistakes. Right. When you're a young team. And you got a little bit of t- you got a little bit of toughness and some character. No lead is insurmountable, and that's what we've seen from Denver. But also, I feel like they're gonna learn from that. To they're gonna learn from what happened to them coming back from three, knowing the difference between coming back on a team and down three games to one, and then being down to a team like LA three games to one. Not even three games one, being up, being down two games to one against a team like LA. They're gonna see they seen the difference live and in person. That experience is there for them now. They have that experience to bank on. So when they get caught slipping, they gotta remember, yo, we can't turn it on and turn it off. We have to make sure that it's on for 48 minutes because we can come back on anybody, but we're going to be doing extra work. Right? So then by the time we end up bucking up to a team like LA, we're not gonna have the energy to come back. And every time we're gonna have the and when you when you use energy to come back against a team like LA, they're gonna wait for you. It's gonna be like Rocky and Mr. T and Rocky Three in that last fight. I'm not trying to ruin the movie for anybody that ain't see it. But when Clubber Lang was swinging wildly, Rocky was waiting for him to get tied and then he was taking advantage. The Lakers with LeBron are kind of like that championship fighter that's gonna wait for you, that's gonna wait for you to slip and take advantage of those mistakes. I think Denver is a team that learned from that last year, and that's why I'm comfortable putting them at number two. The only thing with the Blazers is outside of Melo, who's gonna step up. That's the only that's the only thing that I kind of had to separate, because I wasn't gonna blame Lillard's injury. I wanted to go another route. I said outside of Melo being that third piece. Who else is going to step up and be able to make shots for Portland? That's going to determine the difference between them being one of the top three seed and them fighting for an A spot. Well, Portland's always going to be in the mix. I don't know. Well, we know they may not. I mean, it's possible because they've been a top. There's years where Portland was number two, number three seed. And they've always, Portland always had good teams around them. So I don't think, you know, I don't think it really matters which which seed they end up in because they match well with just about everybody they play against. But, um, yeah, you're right, though. Who would step up for them after that? Free agency ain't over, so they could still sit there and make some moves also. They could still make some, they could still make some moves. They could still make noise. Like I said, long as... We already know Portland. It depends on how. <clears throat> excuse me. We already know when it comes to Portland, it's how far Damian and CJ can take them. That was yeah. always the thing. I've always said this with Portland. Portland will only go as far as depending on how you know Damian and CJ takes them. If Damian and CJ ain't firing all cylinders, Portland will have a problem. Step. That's probably and that's why somebody, somebody got to step up. 
and that's probably a you know a great reason you know for them resigning Melo because Melo is that guy where you know you need a basket. He can get you a basket. Mm-hmm. If you know, and even Nurk being back, if Nurk stay healthy and Nurk could be that Nurk is before he got hurt. Yes, that's what Sal is like. I'd be like, yo, with Nurk, give me seven. Yeah, if Nurk could give them like 17 and 10, 17 and 8. Look, I'm old school. If you're a big man and you're going to call yourself a legit big man, a legit starting big man, you need to be getting at least 8 to 10 rebounds. I would rather you get a 17 and 10. But um, that's really the main question with Portland is who's going to step, who else is going to step actually, up outside the back? Actually, I'm lying. Because there was some who stepped up for Portland um, in a bubble. Was it, Gary was it Trent, Simon? Gary, Gary Trent, no, G- Gary Trent Jr. did. Yes. And it, I think, like, if he grows to be an X factor for, for, for Portland, that helps them out a lot. That helps them a lot, out a lot. Because you also have, um, like I said, I, I got, like, right now my power, like, I'm I'm working on my preseason power rankings. I'll probably be releasing it. I might just do a um a IG live, you know, with uh, my preseason power rankings. Um, I I'm bro I'm starting to broadcast. I'm starting to broadcast some hoops is a religion stuff on IG live. So if you're not following us on IG, follow us. Hoops is a religion. We're gonna be doing. I'm gonna be doing preseason rankings. We we might do a couple of lives. In regards to the preseason rankings, but I, this is a this is kind of something I've I've always been doing as long as I've been following the league. Um, I'm kind of working on it right now. Right now we're talking about the West. So like I said, right now the top three for me is the Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Blazers. I got the Clippers at the fourth. I have the Warriors at five. Um, even without Clay Thompson, I feel like they have um what Greg Popovich likes to call corporate knowledge. Uh, and with a and that with a healthy uh, Steve Curry or Stephen Curry, excuse me, with um, Kelly Oubre, I think Kelly Oubre is a, ma- a major pickup for them. Even with uh, um, Clay Thompson being injured and be out for another year, um, prayers out to Clay Thompson. I'm wishing him a speedy recovery. I miss him. Can't wait to see him play ball again. Um, I think Wiggins, Wiggins might have an opportunity to get some um, get some extra touches this year. Um, I love the Wiseman pick. Um, and they they also added a little bit more. Um, they have a little bit more depth on their bench than they didn't have in the um, last couple of years or so. So I they I think yes, and I think that's gonna I think that's gonna help them. Um, you know I think that's gonna help them a lot down down the stretch because the main thing is hopefully they can. Um, I really want I really need to see Wiggins step up. Um, I, I think Wiggins can really um, can can step in and be you know be a guy that can get them about some 20 24 points, take a little bit of pressure off of Steph Curry so he doesn't have to overextend himself because history shows when Steph overextends himself, he's more than likely to get injured. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, I have the Mav and the Jazz as at like six and seven. Um, these now here's the thing. Everything below the Lakers is up for grabs. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz made a, a play to be top three in the conference because they still got Donovan Mitchell. Um, and they have a really good team. Um, they're, they're a team that can really pour it on. 
and they can also get stops on the defensive end. So right now that one that's what my one through seven in the West is looking like the eighth spot. Now that's that's a lot because I feel like I think eight the eighth seed is gonna is gonna break down to like four or five teams. San Antonio is in there. I think Memphis is also gonna be in that mix. I also think Phoenix is gonna be in that mix. Um. Uh, who else? There's somebody else I'm missing. I, I don't think New. I think New Orleans is maybe a year or two away, but I do see them being um, um one of question. those teams that's yeah, they're gonna make noise. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, the New Orleans Pelicans signed Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams came to them in a trade, and I believe oh, I believe the, the Thunder. I believe the Thunder got draft picks for that. Oh shit! The Thunder are in a hard rebuild. I think, I think if you're really if you if, if you're really an NBA fan, you're gonna be looking at New Orleans. You're gonna be not New Orleans. You're gonna be looking at. Um, That's okay. another dark horse. Who New Orleans? I still think they're. Yes. I still think they're a year or two away. Because um, if they if they had Drew Holiday, I would still feel the same way. But they don't. This is gonna be the year where they. Where they're gonna at least put some teams on notice, but some, but they're not gonna be. It all depends how well Zion. I mean, I don't say I don't put it only on Zion because you're right, they did lose Drew Holiday, but the fact that they still have a decent, they still have a young team, and it's not a bad young team that they have. I think you know, you give them a minute to gel. Yeah, so you may be right. You may give them like a year or two. They'll start causing some problems, but you can't be mad at the roster what they have, though. Right now, look, this is I'm gonna tell it to you like this: the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Timberwolves are gonna. They're gonna be. Those are gonna be the bottom four teams in the uh, Western Conference. Um. And with no, with no slight to the Timberwolves, there, there, there's there, there's a lot. It, it, the, the West is always top heavy, so it's gonna they they have to really they're gonna really have to put in pain to to, to at least be to make it within that final final cut. But I think they're gonna be doing the playoff. So what what is it like seven through eleven, seven through twelve are basically gonna still be in play. So given what happens heading towards the playoff. It's like football in a sense, or baseball in a sense. If a team gets hot at the right time, they can find their way into the playoffs. So that's that's a cool thing. I didn't mention anything about the Rockets because you know allegedly Harden and Westbrook won out. Um, and I I also think they're going to be one of the four teams. Um, they're going to be in a lower half of the. I think they're going to because of that they're probably even going to be on a lower half. Of the playoff race, but I could see them duking it out with, you know, when you're looking at 6 through 10, 6 through 12, right now I'm looking at the Mavs, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Grizz, the Suns, and the Spurs, not in no particular order, but that bottom half is going to be a dogfight like it is every year in the West. 
So that's kind of where I'm at. But um, as we get closer to the season, I'm going to finalize these rankings based off of the draft the, the draft picks and the free agency moves and last year and just the projected outlook. And then we'll have a final um, final say. I'll have a final say before the start of the season. Um, but, yeah. This is uh, Hoops is a Religion. And... Uh, um, We'll be back. When we come back, we're going to come back with the East, and then we're going to come back with the Cross-State Report, and then we're going to just try to wrap up everything we can, because uh, we look like we're, we're like we, we leaning towards an hour, but so far, so good. It just feels good to be recording again, so um, we'll be back. And we are back. Hoops is a religion, the podcast. KJ in the place to be with Mr. B in the place to be. Blessed be, blessed be. Blessed be, blessed be. So oh, I like that. Blessed be. I'm gonna put that on the shirt. Blessed be. Blessed be. Like yep. There we go. So we just finished talking about. Um, I'm not say we finished talking about the bubble, but we talked. We we kind of segued that into um, the 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 ranking. I guess you could say um, the unofficial hoops of religion preseason power rankings with the West. I want to run through the East real quick before we move on. Um, who's your team in the East? What's your forecast looking like right now? Yeah, boy, see, the East is always one of those. <clears throat> every year, the East is always one of those, you know, toss-ups of wondering who's going to be where. But actually, the last couple of years, it actually wasn't as clear cut as it used to be. So this may actually be a little interesting to find out which teams will be coming out of it. But if I'm going to have to choose, my top four is going to be Brooklyn, depending on Kyrie can stay healthy, but I'm going to go with Brooklyn. Milwaukee, if Giannis stays. Boston. And Philadelphia. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, the East is a little, was a little bit more challenging for me. Um... Because I know Milwaukee had the best record. Toronto is the defending champions the year before, and they had a second best record. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't really, outside of Ibaka, they, well, they, they did lose Ibaka and Gasol. So, oh, it's kind of hard for me to give them that, put them in that top four. But I know they'll still be in the mix. Actually, you know what? I'll take that back. Let me take Milwaukee out, and I'll put um, that Miami in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't count, I can't count them out after the year they had. Well, right now I got, I got. Um, my tradition is like you know the conference champion is gonna always be at the top of the ranking. Um, you know, because I feel like yo the conference is gonna end up going through, like you know. You want to be the champ, you got to be the champ. You know, you that going. And ladies and gentlemen, please don't mind the dog in the background. You know, we we, we recording from home, so please bear with us. He's hyped to see that um, we're recording also. So, you know, please bear with us. Shout out to the official dog of Hoops is a Religion. Um, I got the Bucks in the heat, like I said. I got them two in the top. I got them two top of the East right now. Um, we can interchange it however you want to, but it's them two up top. 
I got the Celtics at three. I got I have the only reason why I have the Nets at four is because for me it's a wait and see thing. I do think a healthy Kyrie and a healthy KD gives them gives them enough of a chance to get into that top four. Um and then I have the Raptors at five. I'll probably put Philly at six. I will probably put Indiana at seven. Right? And right now, between the Hawks, I got the Hawks at eight, matter of fact. Okay? But right outside of the Hawks, I have um, Orlando. And I also have Washington. Right? As those two teams on the outside looking in. Everything else below everything else below ten, Bulls, Knicks, Pistons, Cavs, um, Charlotte, yeah, they're dub. Um, but so far I like the way that the, the East is looking. Everything above, everything above ten, I think should be very competitive. I got Orlando, like I said, Orlando, Washington are going to be on the outside looking in. I think it's just going to be based on how they start the season. Um, I heard Oladipo is restricted. I know that the Hornets got Gordon Haywood, but I'm not sure how that's going to work out for them. But I feel, I feel like. When you're looking at the East, I like the fact that the East is very top-heavy quality-wise. Like, six of the teams, if they legitimately have great seasons, can represent the East. And I think that's a good thing for the East. Because um, they've been hampered with, with with injuries, more or less, um, from their from the best players on those on on the best team the best the top players on the best teams in the east usually been dealing with injury issues that's why you haven't really seen that that kind of quality that you see in the western conference but um i like what miami did because they got precious achiwa too from memphis that gives them another kind of they got like they got another bam it's basically like in the way you kind of have like two play two bam out of bios um, that can protect the paint. Young guy, he's gonna be, in, you know, he's gonna be part of the culture. They're gonna teach him. They're gonna teach him the Heat way, and he's gonna be a problem. Tyler Hero's gonna take another step up. Kendrick Nunn, like the the, the Heat are a tough, 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 tough team. And when I say tough, I mean tough all across the board. All respects <laughs> to the rival right here. They're yeah, my I can team. See my- they're going to be hungry, too, when they got to the finals. So, you know they're going to be hungry. They almost got They almost got the six games. Wait, they got the six games, didn't they? They did get the six games, yeah. They got the six games. They won two. Yeah, they got the six games. They got the six games. Are you trying to tell me that Miami ain't going to win? Yo, Pat Riley at the helm. Like, yo, Pat Riley knows, he knows what the deal is. He, he, it's about, it's always, he's always going to find a way to retool and make his guys better. I don't think no other team in the, no, there's not a lot of teams that do a great job 
with free agents and with the waiver wire and with undrafted guys like Miami. And I know a lot of like, yo, for all the Knicks fans that's listening to me and y'all be like, oh, you know, y'all probably churning at me giving such high praise to the Heat, but you got to give props when it's due. And also the long time Knicks fans also might feel a way about it because of Riley. But you know what? You know, the, the, the Knicks ain't do right by Riley. So he left. Can can I blame him for that? No, I can't. Does it hurt? Absolutely. But you know what? You reap what you sow in the NBA. You know, in the NBA, when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And the Knicks not giving Pat Riley, who at that time was a five-time champion, four times as a um four times as a coach, one time as a player. Um who led your team to a, a conference sem- a, a conference semifinals and took the eventual champions to seven in his first year, went six with those same champions in the conference finals the next year, got the late got the Knicks between got the Knicks a couple of John Starks misses away from the championship, and then they were a Ewing layup from being in the conference finals for the third straight year. And you don't want to give this guy an extension or give him an opportunity to be present in the basketball operations? Okay, we're going to reap what we sow for that. And look, 25 years later. You imagine what they would be. 25 years <laughs> later. Could you imagine so what the feel, Knicks could have been? Yeah. I, I do not feel no type of way. As a Knicks fan, it sucks. But I'm like, yo, look, it's management. I know who to blame. But I don't want to. I don't want to harp too much on that. All that because the tri-state report is coming up right after this. I just want to buzz down the rest of this um, Eastern Conference unofficial preseason power rankings based on what we know so far. Is there any team who's your dark horse favorite in the East for this year? Mm. In terms of winning it all or making the playoffs? Um, both. Mm. Because last year, remember, last year we both agreed on Miami being the Dark Horse favorite. Let the record show that Hoops Religion called for Miami to be the Dark Horse favorite heading into last season. So, hey, when you when you write, you write, right? Of, if that don't give us any type of credibility, then I don't even know what to tell you. Because we not we not pundits. We don't got no inside information, none of that. We off the eye test stats. And watching the games and being fans of the game, and we and off of all of that, we gave Miami the dark horse vote in the East. So let the record show. Who you got? I have to, if I have to sit this, think is going to sneak in the playoffs. I don't know how well they would do. I would okay, have to give it Atlanta. I would, I would say Atlanta. Okay. Because they they made some moves in free agency too, and it's not like they were bad ones either. So picking up Gallinari and Rondo wasn't bad. I know they got some other pieces, but I know my name. It's, they're not coming to me right now. But I could see Atlanta sneaking in that eighth spot if they oust Orlando for it, because Orlando made made it to the eighth seed twice, and they took and they took both number one seeds. Like last year, it was Toronto. This year, it was Milwaukee. And they won both games. I think they won both game ones against them, actually. So Orlando's another dark horse team that I could see sneaking back into the players also, if not Atlanta. Mm. Charlotte could be another one, too, depending on how that works out, though. 
I feel like Atlanta. I feel like right now Atlanta. They're my favorites to get the AFC. <laughs> I think it'll be a toss up between. They're my favorites. Atlanta, to get the AFC Orlando, and Charlotte. That's why I think it'll be between Atlanta, Orlando, and Charlotte. Mm. No Washington? Nah. Nah. Bradley Bill gets... Bradley Bill doesn't need to be in Washington no more. And John Walker... Like, I can't well, I can't blame Wall's injury, but... Wall about to be in his 11th season. And he said yeah. himself, like, people been talking about... They was like, yo, he looked... They was like, John Wall... And I've seen the video. I'm like, he looks healthy. John Wall said this is the healthiest he has ever felt as a pro. He's basically in his prime... Bradley Beal, who's now like just a walking bucket, he's one of the best bucket getters in the league at his position. I feel like they're gonna be able to. I feel they're gonna be on a hunt. I don't want to count them two out with the pieces around them. Um, I don't. They do like. I don't either. It's just like I said for them, for me, for them too. It's a matter can they stay healthy. That's my whole thing with Washington. Washington didn't have a bad team around them either, but. With Bradley Bill sometimes coming in and out of injuries. Then John Wall, he was hurt. So if John Wall comes back motivated and he comes back as a John Wall we all know he can be, then, yeah, Washington definitely has a shot, especially in the East. He definitely has a shot to make it. Yeah, and I'll be real with you. Outside of um, Rui Hachimura and David Bertrand, they don't really have – and Thomas Bryant, it's like, you know, where's the rest of their depth going to come from? Um, so I can understand that. So I'll, I'll put it to you like this, right? Let's. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna put Wash. I'm gonna add Charlotte to the equation as a dark horse favorite because of the Gordon Hayward factor, and I feel like Charlotte may be able to make. And it will with um with Lamelo Ball. I think Lamelo Ball is gonna be. I think Lamelo Ball is gonna be a really really good pro. He he does have the he does have the skills to be. Is he going to be an all star? I can't call it now. Does he have the chance to be an all star? I will say yes. In the future, he probably does. It'll be interesting to see that game against him. I hope they put that on TV. The Lakers, no, not the, excuse me, not the Lakers, the Pelicans and the Hornets. I hope they put that on TV. They I might really do. I want to see they that might. matchup. Older brother versus baby brother. I gotta see that matchup. I do. I have. And look, they saying the baby brother. The baby, they saying the baby brother almost better than like he's. They saying he's a better passer than Lamelo, right? Than than um. Alonzo. Alonzo. Uh, so only one be, way to find out. That's gonna <laughs> be very interesting to. Um, that's gonna be, gonna be very interesting to see. But real talk, like not for nothing, this. These two segments are pretty much going to be a preview of our season preview show. And we're probably going to really, really dig more into it. But I think right now, I, I feel like we both are pretty much at a consensus. I just had to add um, Charlotte, you know, based off of your projections and your points. I'll add Charlotte to that list. And I think Orlando, Charlotte, and Washington are – Gonna be the three teams fighting for that last spot, along with the Hawks. 
anybody else below that is going to be a surprise. You know what? I'm going to be bold when I say this. I'm going to put the Knicks in that mix, too. Huh? Yeah. I'm going to put them in that mix also. Because You're going to put the Knicks in the mix? Mm-hmm. I bet. You know what's crazy? I'm going to this is the perfect time. I think this is the perfect segue for us to go into the Tri-State Hoops report. So let's kick it off with that. Why do you feel the Knicks are going to be in that in that group fighting for the A spot? The floor is yours. Because I do believe, because the I do believe it's Tom Thibodeau for one, and I'm interested okay. to see where how well he develops them, especially seeing. Uh, not RJ. Um, Mitchell Robinson getting better. I do like the draft pick with Obi Toppin. I believe he's going to be, you know, he's going to be interesting to watch also. So they have, uh, uh, I believe, that core, that young group. And it's not like these, like they haven't been around each other for a while. Some have been around each other long enough now. So I do believe with Tom Thibodeau at the helm, as long as James Dolan stays out of basketball operations. I do believe that the Knicks could sit there and if they play hard enough, because you know us as New Yorkers, we don't win or lose, we can deal with. But if you just sit in there and just get rolled over, that's where we have the problem. So if these young guys could play hard, because you look at teams before that was in the same development process, if they play hard, we'll be okay. And I think at that point, at that point, the Knicks could sneak in. They could sneak in. It's a possibility. No, of course, this is the Knicks we're talking about, so everything has to be aligned perfectly for them. But if they if they play hard enough, I believe they could sneak in and get it. Bro, I, I, I really appreciate your optimism. Um, I just feel like they're too young right now. Like I feel like there's a lot of youth on that team and a lot of guys that are unproven during the duration of an 82-game season. And as and, and look, I'm a Thibs guy. I mean, you know why I'm a Thibs guy? Because Thibs is a new he's, – he's, he was a Nick before. So it's in a way, he, he's kind of coming home, and he's getting the chance to, you know, steer the ship right, which I felt like he should have got a shot at this a long time ago. But – I think there was because he was on Jeff Van Gundy's staff and that kind of standoff kind of like, you know, kind of cost him the job. And he ended up going to Chicago um, or going to Boston. But I think he's going to he's going to develop the kids right. And I think they'll probably be I think they're going to be in, in, in play for a playoff spot. Not not this year or next year, but probably in a year or two. I think they're still a year or two away from being a year away, if that makes any sense. Um, there, there's too many unproven commodities on a team. I love the OB pick. Um, I, I, I'm I'm very excited to see how that's going to work out. But I don't think that they're going to be anywhere near the playoffs. And it doesn't hurt because the 2021 draft class is already looking to be a very deep class. 
and people are already talking about it. Like I seen, I watched the, the I watched Cade Cunningham as of right now, who's a consensus number one pick. I watched him play his college debut at um in Oklahoma State. I watched that game and he looks very very solid. But then when you go one through fifteen, there's there's a good amount of value at each position. So the Knicks ain't necessarily. The Knicks ain't necessarily tanking on purpose, and who's to say a young team can't win now? I will be, I will, I will gladly be wrong about it. But at the same time, like I know NBA basketball, I've been watching it for a long time, and it's very, very rare that a team as young, with their core players as young as the Knicks, are in contention for a playoff spot. The last time that really happened, think about it, it was the Thunder, with KD. Westbrook and Harden. And remember, they got them three. They got KD, Westbrook, Harden, and Ibaka in successive years. Three years in a row. So each year they were adding a better piece and a better piece. I don't know if the Knicks... I can't say the Knicks have have done that. I think R.J. Barrett is still... R.J. Barrett still got a lot of... He still got a lot of ceiling. And he still... And he just turned 20. Mitchell Robinson... He's 22. Kevin Knox literally just turned 21. You know, I like I like um I like Iggy out of Michigan. You know, Dennis Smith still what Dennis Smith literally just turned 23 three days ago. Frank Nittokina, 22. Frank this year it's it, it, a big year for Frank because it's either he gonna find a way to stay on the Knicks or he's gonna get he's gonna he, you know because He's already splintered the Knicks fan base. And we're big friends of Frank on this show. But he already, he done splintered the Knicks fan base over the last four years. Well, three years. More than anybody else I've seen in a long time. Um, And Knicks still have the issue of... Uh, I think they still have the, the the issue at guard. I do like the man um um the many um Emmanuel quickly and Miles Powell. Miles and like yo Miles Powell is a bucket. He 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 can get buckets and he can shoot that thing. Um Emmanuel quickly as well. Um I like what the Knicks did in the draft. Um I like what they did in the off season. What they did in the off season is they kept it very very simple right they kept it very simple they've kept they've they've kept it very realistic they've kept it cap flexibility and they know exactly what they're going after so i i like the direction that they're going but i don't think that they're going to make the playoffs it's only one way to find out i mean granted like i say i put them in that mix only because if like i said me i'm a proponent of you play hard, like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So, granted, yeah, you do have a disadvantage in terms of the other three teams may have more star power. However, mm-hmm. you know, in this case here, you've seen, like, even this past season with the Knicks, you've seen some games that they was in, it was like, yo, some of them games were close. Like, they beat the Mavericks. Like, a team like the Mavericks, they beat twice. And and, and dom, not want to say dominated fashion, but convincing fashion. They beat it. They almost took a team like the Clippers. They almost 
like a team like the Clippers, they almost they gave them a lot of problems and sits. They beat the Heat once. A team like the like so you know I don't take away from what I see because like I said those were all based off them playing hard and smart basketball. And you're not gonna do that for a whole. I think they're gonna drop it to what six seventy two games. I think they took ten games off this year. But um, you're not gonna do that for full eighty two. But if you do it for a majority of the season, you always have a shot. That's why I can't re- never really rule it out. I'm interested to see what they do. I'm gonna give it fifteen games. I'm gonna give it fifteen games with the Knicks. If I see within that 15 that they're playing hard, I'm going to give them that shot to sit there and sneak into that eighth spot. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work. I'm, my, they're going to be based off the eye test instead of, like, okay, speculating what they have. Okay. There, there is a chance because oh, if they do play well those first 15, there is a chance. There is a chance. They start off like five and ten, ten and five. They got a chance. Okay, that's you know that that that's plausible. You know, I, and 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 as somebody that's a Knicks fan, I don't want to I don't want to count the Knicks out, but I like the direction that they're going. My main yeah, thing I, is this, I don't want y'all to to don't don't piss away don't piss away a, a rebuild to win now. And I also like the I, I also like one of the younger players. I think it was a younger player that said it. And they were like, "Who says we can't win now because we're young?" So I don't want to, you know. I also want to be I want to be realistic, but I also want to be optimistic. So, um, I still like like I said, I still like the I still like the team that the Knicks are putting together. Well, by no means, like, I don't I, think nobody expects them to win now. I think that's just a little. No, I, I, I just want them to be. I want them like. I want them to. I want them to build. I want them to get wins. Definitely, it's not about tanking. I want them to get wins. I want them to be competitive. But let's let's let it be gradual. Like my thing is, all right, we're playing a seventy a seventy two game season. So, I'm hoping. Can can I hope for at least? What was their record last year? Twenty one and forty five. Give me yep. a twenty. Give me twenty. If we won twenty-one games, give me a five-game improvement. Give me twenty-six. That's the over-under. Sure, give, give me thirty. You gonna say twenty-six? Right. Give me thirty. You know what? Let's 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 meet in the middle. Twenty-eight. All right. Fair over-under for the Knicks should be twenty-eight. Right. My over under for the net is going to be forty five. Because I know we're playing a seventy two game season. So I at least want to be, I, matter of fact, I'll say it like this. I want the Nets to be fifteen games over five hundred. Ten to fifteen games. That's my uh that's what I'm going with. In regards to the Nets over under, in the Tri-State report, when we're talking about the Nets, I got the Nets keeping it real simple. Top three team in the East. Three, they're gonna be a top four team in the East. Um, I don't want them to. I don't want them to give away the, the give away the whole shop for Harden. 
I honestly don't like. Um, I, I I wasn't really a big fan of those rumors because I didn't feel like he was gonna fit. I didn't feel like Harden was a good basketball fit. But giving giving star players a benefit of the doubt, star players if they try hard enough, they'll find a way to play with each other. Nah, they did that. Not sell the whole house for James Harden. <laughs> they better not. Yeah. yeah, they better not. They better not. I'm like, yo, please don't. Please do not. Cause that would hurt. Like that would like I would be so so pissed. I would be so pissed if they did that. Cause honestly, like I'm after where the Nets came from, giving up all those assets in order to get an aging KG and an aging Paul Pierce. Now I'm saying Harden is aging, and Harden's technically still in his prime. I, t- I still think he got two more, two, two to three prime years left. But that puts the Nets in win now mode. I know KD is, I know KD and Kyrie are guaranteed for four years, but you don't get no other cap space, and then you got to fill out the rest of the roster with whatever you need, and then it doesn't really give you that much flexibility. Like I wanted to see, I wanted to see a, a Spencer Dinwiddie be a super six man for this team. I like the pieces that they have now. The pieces that they have now, it's like I would rather them move forward with that because Karis Levert can be a great third option. Like if Karis Levert's your third option at this point in his career, you got a really good team. Kyle Levert is your third option. You got a really, really good team. And then you got Dimwitty coming off the bench, Joe Harris spreading the floor, Jared Allen protecting the paint. Like you gotta give that chain, you gotta give that team a chance to grow together. And then you, know, you, you tweak. You don't sell no whole house for no James Harden. Because you give no. away half those players you mentioned, <laughs> that's gonna be within the trade package for him. Yeah, like all of them, yo, it was like the they threw in some draft picks. It was a godfather offer. Mm-hmm. And you know, to to the Rockets' credit, they didn't necessarily bulk. Um, and they said that the talks have been kind of dwindling down. Um, and the main thing that I see. In regards to those talks, um, is they're probably looking to see, you know, what other offer is there better offers on the table for James Harden? And you know what? Maybe there is. We don't know. Like if he really wanna sit there and go to the Nets, he'll find a way over there, but he ain't gonna try to force no trade. But I'm trying to figure out how the money will work for that though. Just somebody will have to go. There's no way you're going to have James Harden. He's taking no pay cut for that. James Harden ain't taking the pay cut for nobody. Now, that's what I'm saying. So someone on that team will have to be traded regardless. Just yeah. to balance out the money. They're not Brooklyn going to be over that luxury tax. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, and I haven't seen any uh, inclinations that uh, the owner is willing to pay the luxury tax. Yeah, I know they're not trying to do that. And I think even if they do pay the luxury like, tax, and that's the thing too, like, we're not paying a luxury tax in no semifinals trip either. 
And the East, the East is not, the East is not weak, but it's not, it's not strong, but it's not as weak as it was in prior years. So if you're going to put Harden together, like it's conference finals a bust, in my opinion, or finals a bust. You know, and I know guys ain't just going to be playing to just be happy to be there. They want to play to win it. So I, it's going to be very interesting to see how this talk plays out as the season progresses. It's going to be so interesting. It's going to be so interesting. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be hilarious to me. It's going to be so hilarious to me. Because everybody's going to have a different opinion. And the Rockets ain't giving up neither one of them. Like, cause I know Westbrook is on the trading block, too. And I remember everybody debating, like, about Chris Paul coming to the Knicks. I was like, look, between Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook coming to the Knicks, I'll take Chris Paul. I'm taking a point. I'm taking a point. I'm taking the last of a dying piece. You see what he did with Oklahoma. Yes, he did. And he did and he did he he, he did the damn thing with And I thought Oklahoma would fall off, but <laughs> they proved me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, they proved a lot of people wrong. They did, I'm think. thinking. It was Chris Paul's leadership, no question. So I'm thinking, yeah, Oklahoma gonna be gone. There ain't no way I'm like they'll make be competitive, but they ain't making playoffs for sure enough. They made the whole damn playoffs. Who they sit there and lose beat the no lose they, like Houston, I think they lost to. Lost to Houston in seven. In seven. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. That turned out to be one of the better series than the other games in the West. I'm okay, like, that was wow. a good series. Yeah, that was a really good series. Shaw Gildas and Alexander, he played very well in that series. He is gonna be a player. He's gonna be he's gonna be a hell of a player for a long time. For a long, long time. But like that's basically where we at as far as the East is going. Tri-State report. Like I got the Nets. The Nets over or under is forty five. The Knicks over or under is twenty eight. Um never mind no trade rumors. I like I like where both teams I like who both teams have and where both teams are going, and as you know, we're gonna always wish them the best. As they begin this season, this very unfair, uh, this very un, un unusual season in these unknown times. So let's just hope that you know they give us something else to cheer for. They give us something to cheer for. I'll tell you what, the Nets. If the Nets do win, that means Stoudemire gets a ring as a coach. I'll be happy with that. Oh yeah, that's cool. That'd be that'd be cool for him. I guess. I'll be yeah. I'll be happy just for that. That'd be two of my favorite players got a ring. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'll be I'll be it one as a coach, but damn it, a ring's a ring. Still count as a championship. Yeah, still counts as a championship. Still counts as a championship. I just need Damian and Lamarcus to get it together. It'll be all right. We'll see. Shout out to Boogie. Boogie going to uh, Boogie going to Houston. We didn't even mentioned that. Boogie went to Houston. That's another one. I can't really count them out the playoff race. But um, yeah. Boogie and Russell on the same team. 
You, know, you got two hot heads on the same team like that? Oh, boy. What kind of vibes? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, Boogie's a hothead. Russell could just be petty. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's really the difference. And you know what's crazy? Boogie was on two championship teams, but then got cut before they made a playoffs at once. Actually, no, I'm lying. He was still on that Golden State team. He was on the Lakers. No, no, no. I'm talking about the year prior before he signed with the Lakers. You talking about with the Warriors? Yeah, but I forgot they looked at Toronto that year. Yeah. Oh, well, look. That means he lost then, so. Yeah, he lost in that Toronto series, but he. Damn. You think about two times he could have been a champion. Yeah, he could have. He played in that series. That's right, he did. Feels like it was just some. Damn, I can only forget that this was a year ago. Yeah, you know that I go to show you that was like that. That was basically like a lifetime ago. Yeah. That was basically a lifetime ago, bro. Not even more old. You know? No, it really like- does feel. It really does feel like a lifetime ago. Well, yeah. And I am I can't be any more excited for the season to start. Um so college started two days ago as of this recording. Thanksgiving college started on Thanksgiving this year. So I got a chance to watch a couple of joints. I watched St. John's get their first win. Um I know I watched Kate Cunningham on Oklahoma State. Um, the game that was on while we were recording was like um, Liberty and um, South Carolina. South Carolina on um, men's team, they lost. But speaking of South Carolina, the women's team, I've seen the screenshots you sent me. They put us, they, they put 100 piece on somebody, man. It was, I think there was a University of Charleston, I believe. The score yeah. was one seventeen. I think it was one nineteen to seven at one point. <laughs> and it's crazy because I was on Instagram. I was on Instagram, and I, I'm not sure who you. I'm not sure if you know who Shirley King is. I was because he does like little Instagram live, not live, but like little Instagram reels. And I'm looking at the score, and I think it was like one nineteen to seven. Don't quote me, but I believe that's what it was. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, nah, that can't be real. But then I saw it there. So cause I remember Madison was mentioning that she wants to go play for the South Carolina Gamecocks. So I'm like, let me Google this to see if this is real. Yo, Kenny, when I saw that score, and I had to make sure the math was right. When I saw that, it was an 81 piece. 81 piece that they put on them. Man... Dawn Staley got them girls ready. <laughs> she got them ready. Shout out to Dawn Staley. Shout out to the South Carolina Gamecocks ladies basketball team. They went undefeated as we headed into quarantine and they canceled the season. They were gonna be the they were gonna be the number one overall number one seed in the tournament. And I had them winning the championship last year. So I'm carrying my prediction over to this year and saying the South Carolina Gamecocks lady bas lady Gamecocks are gonna be the national champions this year. Quote me on that. 
I mean, after that piece, and it'll be hard to sit there <laughs> tonight. It's like, yo, they like literally let them have it. And I mean, let them have it. I didn't even, like, I didn't even know the game was on. All I saw was just the score. And I was just in shock. Cause I've never, I don't ever think I've ever seen in any sport that I've been watching my entire life anyone get blown out by 80 points, let alone more than 60. I think I saw someone get pieced by 50, but I don't think it went more than that. Well, I will say this, and this is for everybody, everybody listening, as fans of the women's game. The gap between Connecticut and the rest of women's college basketball is getting smaller. So you would be apropos to pay attention to who's playing and be pay attention to some of these names because some of these sisters will be playing in the WNBA. Unique Thompson's wonderful. Yes, Unique Thompson. She's a lady baller, and she can breaking play. Breaking records. No, she's she been breaking de- records. She definitely can play. I'd love to be some Unique Thompson, boy. Tell you. I don't, you know it's funny. Like I like a lot of the um, I like a lot of the late um the late play, ball players. Candace Parker is still one of my favorites, bar none. Um, I just but like, I just try to pay attention to everybody because I feel like there's just so many different um there's just so many different ball players, especially like coming up in the women's game, that um to not watch to not watch the games, to not watch them play and develop and grow like you're doing a, they doing you do it like a lot of people low-key doing a, a a a huge a huge disservice to themselves mm-hmm. and um you can you can you can you can really put the top 20 25 teams in their hat and then compare them to UConn like they did like the gap Compared to other years, is a lot more closer. So, if you are if you are a player, if you if you are a hoop head and you love the game, yo, please do you do me do do me a favor and tune in on some women's college basketball, some WNBA over the next couple of years. Even the 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 wobble, the wobble, yo, whew, the wobble was popping. Storm won another chip. Sue Bird reaffirming her goat status. Man, I wanted um Vegas to win. I wanted Vegas to win. Because even though I'm not mad, because you know it's kind of hard to bet against the Seattle Storm. I mean, yeah, the Seattle Storm. It really, really is hard to bet against them, especially with, with Brianna Stewart coming back from that injury. So we kind of knew, like her coming back, she was going to be on a mission. But you gotta give the credit to the um. Las Vegas Aces, they came to play also. Asia Wilson winning her first MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, if they had Liz Cambage, I do think, I do believe that might have given Vegas that extra firepower that they needed because Liz Cambage can bore herself. And I mean, boy, I'm not sure if you've seen the video. Granted, <laughs> granted, the person she was 
going up against really was at a disadvantage from the get-go. But she was lighting him up. And I mean, like, literally, footwork, everything, drive to the basket. Oh, yes, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. She was lighting him up. When I sit there and say that these, like, these women that play basketball, you cannot, and I mean, you cannot sit there and doubt them. You really can't. They already playing with a chip on their shoulder. They ain't got nothing to lose. You cannot doubt these oh, yeah. these young women that's playing the sport because some of them are playing better than the men. Some of them go up against the men and they bust their ass every single time. Like yeah. just a month like, ago yeah, when we like, went to the. Now go ahead. Just like just a month ago, we um, when my cut like you know when we went to see the um, the the girls play in um Cambria yeah is it Cambria Park yeah in Cambria Park they put on a show and they was going yes. at it they were going and, hard. Who sponsored that showcase again? Um, and oh. YPD. Yes. Um. Shout out to um Officer Barksdale. Coach Chuck, James Johnson, and them. Yo, they put on a great event for the for the ladies, and they also did the um, Rumble in the um, Rumble in the Parks on September 12th. That was a great event. Shout out to them for putting that joint together. You know, there was a lot of hitters out there, and even in the context of just the young the young ballers, you know, in New York. Yo, shout out to um, Hoodie Season, my man Sheen. You know, um, his daughter Ari. Shout out to her. She got three off. She got three D1 offers already. Um, was Seton Hall, I believe, Ohio State and Michigan. No, no, Seton Hall, Ohio State and Syracuse. So she's out here bowling like the lady bowlers, like your South Shore, South Shore girls team, right? They won. They won a chip, and they won the chip the same year the boys won the chip. You know, so like we got a lot of we got like the like bowling New York is looking is looking really looking really really good. And not for nothing, a lot of lady ballers are really repping and walking their dogs out here for real, for real. So we be we be remiss if we didn't even mention that. You gotta gotta put respect on some of these young women playing basketball, man. They they are they (laughs) they already like I said they already got that chip on their shoulder of in terms of them being women, and you know since sports was only male dominated. Usually, and them be a total. You can't play because you're a girl. I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, all right, look, look, like, Kenny, you and I know this, especially you know, considering that one of our fellow coaches is a woman too, and she and she knows the game better than just about. Yeah, like she knows the game better than most men do. So. You look. You can just look at that as an example right then and there. And she knows her sports. She knows it. She could look at what she's standing and she could dissect every little thing and tell you about it and then have a way to counter it. So, like I said, a lot of these people here that's doubting these women play, I better stop. Because my whole thing is if you play ball, you already know what the deal is. So like like Coach Melvin, she played ball. 
you know, most of us played ball before, so we understand, like, when you play ball, you understand, you you know what you're looking at, you know what to look for. And not you only playing the game, but studying the game. Like, yo, she studies the game. So she knows what to look for. So when I have conversations with her, like, I'm always the one that I, I, I usually spend a lot of my time asking her questions because I know I trust her eye. You know, and she has a, a oh snap, that wasn't even supposed to happen. But um, I'm sorry, I'm I was just um playing a little bit of 2K. That's one of the things I've been doing during this pandemic. You know, just getting comfortable with the 2K. I was playing um WNBA too with Sabrina on that school because she's on the on the Knicks. They get on the Knicks. Excuse me, on Liberty. They gave Tina. So just like I feel like the the net the, the, the Liberty are they they're gonna build a good team around her. It sucks that we had to lose out lose Tina Charles. Um but I'm happy for her. I hope she hopefully I feel like she gets hopefully she gets a chance to win a chip in her career. Oh, her and Elena Deladon. Oh there's a possibility. Oh there's a possibility. Yeah, she's on she's on the um Yes she she's, on the she's on the she's on the Mystics. Yes she is. Yo, you know what's crazy? I think Deladon was supposed to play at UConn with her. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, I, think, I believe I'm, so. Also, if I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all the way sure. So that's that. That might be. That might be wrong. That might not be wrong. I'm not. I'm not sure. So I don't want to be the guy to be on some like, yo, yeah. I might have to look that up again. But actually, Tina Charles just. Posted her working out for like you know her working out, so I'm kind of I'm glad to see that you know when the WNBA season resumes again, <laughs> you know she's gonna sit there and um you know being able to participate because it was kind of awkward seeing the WNBA as a wobble as they called it, and um certain players just wasn't there. Yeah, but I like but you know what's funny the wobble the wobble was good though. Like, the no, it was. was- no, it, it definitely was. It definitely, no, it definitely was. But it's just like I said, you just know where it's certain people that just wasn't there. It kind of didn't have the same luster as it would. Like let's like let's be real. If LeBron, like as you said, if LeBron said, "I'm not playing," or Kawhi said, "I'm not playing," it wouldn't have that same star power to really watch. Now, yeah, that would mean some other players would have to step up. In this case, it's kind of sad to see where um, Sabrina Inescu, where she got a sprained ankle, and she yeah. had a missed majority. She missed basically the entire season, but her She's, two ga- her two games she had, they were they were, they were <laughs> pretty good. She put she was putting players on notice, like yeah, hey, look, like I'm like I'm here, so I'm looking forward to seeing her coming back. Kennedy Carter, that's another one on um oh, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's another one. Kind of saving me right now. She's another one I love to watch when she's in Texas A and M. She's another one. So this year's it was cool to see like all the you know the rookie classes get that chance to shine because some of those players wasn't there. So I'm looking forward to his next upcoming WNBA season when it rolls around. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Like this season, like the next couple, the next season is gonna be fun. Even AAU next summer is gonna be fun. Like, yo, it's gonna be. And the same thing I was telling our kids, like, yo, next, yo, summer gonna be killer season. I ain't talking about Cameron's movie. 
I ain't talking about a dipset movie when I say it's going to be killer season because you got to think about it like this. There's going to be kids that ain't play high school basketball in two years and they play summer basketball in a year. They're going to be chomping at the bits of play. And, and and not for nothing, all like yo, all the killers is working out. Like if you if you really out here, you serious about the game, you was getting better during this whole pandemic. You was getting you 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 was getting ready to, to you was getting ready to stake claim to something. You was you was ready to get some food. So I told our kids like yo, if you're not working out at home, you're gonna be food next. You're gonna be food come spring. You're gonna be food come the summer. And we're gonna see a lot. The 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. All of those kids, the best players of those class of those classes are going to shine. They're going to shine because you're gonna really see who was working on their games and who wasn't, and who's doing what I'm doing right now, playing 2K. gonna be very very interesting i know we're gonna talk about all of this on hoops as a religion so like once everything you know once everything with with this pandemic um slows down and we're able to just maybe you know maneuver a little bit and go around do things run some practices playing some tournaments we're gonna have a lot more to talk about on just the aau side um and we're gonna have a lot more to talk about just all across the board and all aspects of the game. Um, I'm just happy that we had a chance to record this today, man. Um, we gotta do this. We gotta do this again soon. Probably over the next week or two. We gonna just continue to um, get our get our get our notes ready for the Alpha preseason special. Um, but um, before we go, let me um, let me throw some shout outs out there. I got a list of people I wanted to shout out, send some rest in, you know. Um, also, I wanted to to, sh- to show love to and pay my respects to the people that we lost in the basketball community this year. I know there's a lot of names. I hope I don't miss any, but um, I'm just gonna start off with the shout outs because I've been I've been able to keep in contact with a few people and politic with some people during the pandemic, and it's been a lot of gems. It's been a lot of a lot of gems, a lot of moments, a lot of knowledge. So let me just shout out everybody, man. Yo, shout out to Mums and Fritzo podcast. They out in full effect. Big Bro Fritz, you know I love you. Shout out to Big Bro Cliff, love for art media. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Rec Room Studios. We're gonna be back in there soon. Shout out shout out Edamonic Beats, KP3, you know. Shout out the whole regulators basketball family. You know, our, 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 our young bulls and our coaches and our, our administrators, much love to all of y'all. Shout out to my man, shout out to my man, Ja, Bobby E in full effect. Shout out to Coach Rashawn, um, much love to him. Shout out to Mr. Jones, shout out to Rakim, comedian, you know, always family on this side of things. Shout out to Real Skills, Coach D. Keep doing your thing. You really, you really repping and you putting things out there. Keep doing what you got to do. Um, special shout out to basketball heads. Um, if you're not following basketball heads on IG, please follow basketball heads on IG. It's a great account. History of New York City basketball for the for the 70s, and 80s, and 90s, and he's been doing a really great job of getting some of the new blood from the 2000s on, showing them love. Um, also, too, shout out to um. 
I call him OG Joe from Boston. I don't have his um his IG handle on it right now. Um, another great account learning about the history of Boston hoops. Um, a lot of love. I spent a lot of my pan. I spent a lot of I spent a lot of my quarantine watching watching video from um watching old video and watching the um basketball heads on on IG. So shout out to shout out to Pooh and um shout out to like I said I call him OG Joe. I'm I'm actually looking up his name right now. I just want to make sure I got it. Yeah, Joe seven five oh nine. You know, repping Boston heavy. Um, who else I got to shout out? There's so many people I want to shout out. I'm gonna get to you. I'm gonna get to you soon, B, because I know you got a list too. Um, shout out to the fam. Shout out to Style Oversize. You know I love you. You know, shout out to just everybody that's been supporting us. All the friends, all the family of all the ball players. Everybody out here that's doing what they can during this pandemic to try to you know stay healthy, stay stay safe. And um, we here, man. You already know who you who you who you want to show love to be. Uh, I really don't have a list of people to shout out right about now. You know, I pretty much you got it covered for everybody. But I will say, oh, say we are in Sagittarius season, so shout out to all my Sagittarius. Shout out to all the Sagittarius, man. You Yo, know, shout out to all the Scorpio. Scorpio season just passed. Shout out, but this we in Sag season now, so shout out to all the Sagittarius season. Happy birthday to all my Sages. Yes, my, yes. My fellow Sages, happy birthday to each and every one of you. Yo, shout out to Hood, shout out to Shay, aka Hood Biologist. Yesterday was his birthday. That's my bro too, man. Much love. Hello, Sages. Shout out to him. Shout out to everybody, man. And you know, before before I sign off, I just want to send a um, you know, I just want to. Do a in memorandum, I guess I don't know how they say that word in memoriam, whatever that thing is, for all the people we we lost this year, um, especially in the basketball community. Um, David Stern, Kobe Bryant. Um, I'm going down a list right now. Literally, literally going down a list right now. Um, a lot, a lot of a lot of people like in uh, a lot of people in sports died, so you know it's, it might we might I might be going through some I might be I might might be going through a couple of other names too, some other notable names, but um who who else who else did we uh oh Curly Neal R I P Curly Neal um R I P John Thompson. That was a doubt. That, that was a that was a major loss, man. John Thompson. Like I don't know if you know it, Solomon, but there's a couple. Of, I, I have a couple of games where I have a. I always keep a white towel on me, and I, that's that's because of John. That's because of uh, John Thompson. Um, who else? Who 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 else did we lose this year? Like it's just so many, and it it, it happened. You know, and it's like it, it, 2020 felt like a decade. Jerry Sloan, yes, R.I.P. Jerry Sloan, R.I.P. Tommy Heinsohn, Eddie Sutton, um, Wes Unseld. Um, who else? Somebody else I'm missing too. There's there's a, there's a couple of people. Um, we, we did. I know the um, Stanley Robinson. He used to play at UConn. I didn't even. I just found that out today when I when I um when I was started looking up the basketball players who passed away. Lou Henson, 
Um, he coached at New Mexico State in Illinois. And he took both teams to the Final Four. Um, who else are we looking? Oh. Um, rest in peace, James Harris, a.k.a. Kamala, who was a professional wrestler. I remember growing up watching him. Yeah, come on. Um, Lute Olsen. Lute Olsen, rest in peace. And of course, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick. You know, he played Jackie Robinson. Rest in peace, Uncle Cliff. Oh, Cliff Robinson. You know, the OG passed away too. Tom Seaver, Mr. Matt. You know, I know I, I already kind of threw in I threw in some non-basketball names, but I'm a New Yorker, so, like, you know, how am I not going to shout out Tom Seaver? Like, you know, oh, Lou Brock for my baseball, for my for my cats that that are, that are baseball. We hoops is a religion, but we 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 celebrate we celebrate we celebrate the fans of all sports as well. Um, Gail is passed away too. A lot of people forgot about that too. Bob Gibson, that was recent. Whitey Ford, that was recent. You know, I like base baseball was my baseball was one of my loves growing up too. So, you know, y'all might catch me with a couple of. Uh, you know, catch with a couple of baseball references in this uh, on this podcast every once in a while. But um, there's a lot of other names um, that we R.I.P. Dave Edwards. Yes, R.I.P. Dave Edwards, Queens finest in a building. Um, he epitomized he epitomized Queens basketball from the late '80s, early '90s. These, um, who else am I missing? There's a few other other OGs that passed away too. Um, that's not coming to me right now. But if if I if I forgot any names, my apologies in advance. Um, it's just been a tough year for everybody. Um, and that's just like just with basketball. Those are just a couple of names. But I know um, we're all one degree away and separated from people who have lost a loved one or have um to come to covid so let's just let's mourn the let's let's mourn the dead by fighting for the living and let's also mourn the dead by living our best lives while we alive um and that's one of the things we strive to do at hoops as a religion we try to bring bring light through the game that we love we want to thank everybody that's been listening to us since day one and the new listeners welcome hopefully you stick around for a while it's good to be back man so, uh, I don't even know what to call this episode. I'll 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 title it before I send it off to Les. Yo, Les, big shout out to you. We big LP. On. We coming home soon. No mind, no mind the dog in the background. If you could work your magic, that's cool. But you know, that's fine. We still here. You know, this episode is like, yeah, this episode's almost like what, almost two hours, but. Hey, we gotta make us I guess we're trying to make up for lost time and get back on track, right? You feel like we back on track? Oh, but of course, sometimes you just gotta take a rest stop. But you know, yeah, that was a that was a nine month hiatus, and also happy hoops as a religion anniversary. Like you know, this is technically this is our third year. It's funny, we three years and we did like seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good though, man. Cause we're gonna be around. We're gonna be doing. I'm, we're gonna be doing this for a long time anyway, man. You know what I'm saying? Before you know, we're gonna be at episode 100. With you know. With whoever's rocking with us, you know. Um, but we here, man. This is Hoops is a Religion. We signing off. You know, catch us on IG. 
Hoops is a religion on IG. You know, you can follow me on IG also, KJ Genius, K-A-Y-J-A-Y-G-E-N-E-U-S. You can also follow Mr. B on Instagram, SBJ1207. And um, yo, hit us up, man. We we always we always ready to talk and engage, man. Any last words? Ah, uh, blessed bleed, blessed blessed be the rockiest of roads. Always start. Actually, no, no. How's it? What did my boy Samoa Joe once said? The smallest journey is where it starts with the rockiest of roads, but the power game is the full effect. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do with the next episode. I'm gonna explain what the power game is. You know, I think it's okay. I think it's wise to you know educate the masses of the power game. And we're gonna we're we gonna translate it into, into into hoop speak. I'm with that. I'm with that. We can we can definitely talk about the power game and how it translates to basketball. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So until next time, this is KJ, Mr. B. We signing out. You know what I mean? Right, Show your loved ones love because tomorrow isn't promised. You already know. Peace yeah, Molly barking again. So I guess he's saying bye. All right, yo. Later, Molly. Peace. <laughs>